0: Buddy, i hope you're having a wonderful summer the podcast will be back in the fall but i have a special surprise a full conversation i had with gary vaynerchuk at can lion this year at the srmg beach we were on a panel together talking about all things culture and tech it is full of lots of golden nuggets and interesting takes that only gary v can drop hope you guys enjoy the show and can't wait to hear your feedback uh, hit me up on instagram let me know what you think How's everyone doing today? As many of you know, Gary loves to talk about relevance and culture, and so Gary, I wanna start with that. There's so many conversations happening in the media, on social media, attention is really hard to get with so much happening in a 24-hour news cycle, things are happening in real time. How do you get consumer attention in the age of speed and noise? Thank
1: you, Maha. First of all, just thank you so much real pleasure to be with all of you. I hope everybody has a really great week. Uh, I think it's humility. I think one of the things, there's a lot of good things going on at Can this week. One of the things that should be added is a much bigger level of humility and empathy for the end consumer that's consuming the thing. So I think when you actually have humility and you don't think your idea or your video or what you're making is so amazing that everybody has to watch it, and that you have compassion and empathy for the people that are consuming information in a busy world, and you ask very serious questions of yourself of why would somebody want to watch this video or read this article or buy this thing, it creates a totally different framework of winning the game of fragmented attention. The other thing it does is when you have humility and empathy and you think about the consumer, you start understanding that you have to storytell in many different places in today's environment. And then the last part of it is you actually have to be good at your craft. When I look around this room, I imagine like, what are people doing for a living? What do they want to happen? What would they like to achieve if they are producing creative in social media and fast channels and in this new fragmented media landscape? And I think the reality is, is that if you are not an actual practitioner of the craft, you have no chance when you're in the business of making a commercial or writing an article in a print publication, to then go make a meaningful piece of content that will work as a YouTube short or as a TikTok, you know, is a challenge. It's a different craft. Not every person that is very good at singing is also good at drawing. Not everybody who's phenomenal at drawing is a remarkable writer. I think we heavily disrespect the talent that is required to be a good storyteller across all these different platforms. And so I think you gotta ask, why would someone want to consume this? What's in it for them? And then you have to follow that up by being an actual practitioner of the different creative styles in all these different creative distribution channels from the 10 social networks that matter the most in the world to what's going on with television is transforming in front of our eyes because of streaming and fast TV. and so. The world's changing very rapidly, and I don't think most people are adapting as quickly as the consumer's attention is shifting.
0: What are things that brands are getting wrong when it comes to shifting consumer attention?
1: Many things. (laughs) Um, Look, I think brands are really struggling because let's call a spade a spade. It is 2023. It is 2023, and everything that's going on around here 80% 80% of the energy is clapping for television commercials. That is insane. So I think what brands are doing wrong is they're living in boardrooms but not living in the trenches of the consumer. They are, make, I mean, do you know how much money is spent on trying to make a commercial to win an award here that no human being on earth ever saw? So I think what brands are doing wrong is they're choosing corporate DNA, they're choosing internal politics instead of choosing the end consumer. And so I think we are lacking common sense uh, in a very substantial way because what's also fascinating is a lot of people here running around Maha, as a human being, they're consuming in their phone and all these platforms. But then as an employee of a company, they're spending all their money in different places. I think that's a disconnect. I understand why that happens. They don't own the company. Many people here work at one agency this year and three years later, a different agency. They, don't, they can't love the business the same way that somebody who owns the business would love it. And so I actually am empathetic to that. But the reality is I think most of advertising from big companies today is really missing the mark on the opportunity that is modern marketing. And I think that sits in influencers. I think that sits in social networks, I think that sits in streaming services, and I think we are uh, we're behind, unfortunately, as an industry. And you know, I hope to talk about it more and more and more, and hopefully, you know, help the industry move forward.
0: You just came off stage at the main palais, and the guy introduced you saying you're a disruptor, and you said, "I'm not here to disrupt anything. I'm here to just." Talk about things that I care about. And you said, what we consume dictates how we think. Explain.
1: Well, I was born in the Soviet Union. And then I came to America when I was three. So I'm sure you can imagine for people that are interested in geopolitics during the Cold War in the 80s. I was growing up in an environment where I heard a lot of different things from my uncles and aunts and grandparents. Like, I was like, wait a minute, that's not what I see. You start realizing maybe a little bit earlier than the rest of the world that, you know, what you read, what you think uh, is completely dictated on your consumption. And so for me, the reason I built VaynerMedia and why I've been on this journey the last 14 years is not necessarily to sell my company or to maximize my distributions each year it's i want to build the most significant communications death star in the world i want to own a global organization that is incredibly good at storytelling every day i want to be back here with all of you in 15 years and ask why you're still marketing on social media because our attention has moved on to some other platform whether that's vr or ar or something we can't even think about today and so you know I always struggle when people are like, you're so disruptive. I'm like, I'm really not. I'm practical. This week, all I'm going to hear about is television commercials and AI. I've been here for 48 hours and I can't hear another thing about television commercials and AI. Meanwhile, television commercials are yesterday, AI is tomorrow, and nobody in this whole town wants to talk about today, which is that social media has literally changed the geopolitical landscape. Social media has changed how we define what fame is and who is actually famous. Social media is selling today. Today, with the amount of social media that human beings put out, social media is selling billions of dollars worth of products and this town and this industry will spend the entire week and not talk about social media creative all week. We will talk, this whole town, has very little technical savvy and they will talk about AI all week. They will talk about commercials that nobody will watch and we can't even have a conversation today. And I have a lot of passion for today. I trade on today. Today is practical. Today will accomplish what everybody here wants to accomplish through their storytelling and marketing. And so I wanna be a champion of today and I wanna be enjoying yesterday and looking back on it and trying to learn from it. And I want to be curious and awake for tomorrow. But I think in general, the advertising industry and brands have it broken right now.
0: One of the things that you talk about a lot is, um, is something called PAC. Yes. And I'd love you to explain what is PAC and why should we care?
1: So one of the things I'm really passionate about when I speak is the question I asked earlier, which is I really appreciate everyone's attention right now and like, how can I say something that is actually valuable to you going forward? And I think this might be the part of it, so I'm setting it up. I think if you can really, really, because when I look at this from this young, young man here to people that are further along in their careers, the one thing I know for sure is that everybody here really understands what I'm about to say for the next five minutes. There's, there's value from it that you can extract today. PAC stands for platforms and culture. Platforms and culture. Platforms are the places we put our creative. A billboard, a television screen, on social networks, and there's lots of platforms. LinkedIn acts differently than YouTube. YouTube long form acts differently than YouTube shorts. TikTok acts differently than Instagram. Facebook Reels acts differently than Facebook. Twitter is different. Roku, right, is different than Hulu. These these are platforms. I believe that the far majority of people are not experts in platform. They don't know how the algorithms work. They don't know what content does well in which platform. I think they make a piece of content and they post it everywhere because they think of platforms as distribution, not as part of the creative. Next, culture. If you do not know why people are wearing looser jeans today, or men are wearing nail polish, or why ice spice happened, or why mom jeans got popular again three years after 20 years of not, or why this or why that. If you do not understand what's happening in popular culture, who's winning, what's winning, what are we drinking, what are we not drinking, why is spirituality coming back, why are people walking on grass to ground? Like, are you inherently curious about everything that everyone does? And why? If you become religious about understanding how the platforms work, and you become religious of actually having a pulse on culture globally, what people care about in Saudi Arabia is gonna be different than what somebody cares about in California, and a 42-year-old female in California is gonna care differently about what a 17-year-old guy in California is gonna care about. If you become religious about platform and culture, and you become a practitioner of making written words, videos, and audio for those platforms with an understanding of what's happening in culture and then you talk about what you're selling, what you're doing, what you care about, you will find yourself in a very advanced place in today's world, that is what PAC is.
0: But but if you are just going on trends and what's happening in culture, how do you build your brand when you're just jumping onto the next thing that's happening in culture?
1: Just because you're going to Cannes and then you go to Las Vegas and then you have dinner with your parents in New York, but then you go out with your best buddies to a ball game, even though you went to different places and did different things, you didn't change the essence of you as a human being. You might be a slightly different version of yourself depending on the context of who you were with, what you were doing, and where you are. I don't think anyone here is confused by that. Everyone here is gonna act differently this week in a professional, sometimes unprofessional, environment for a week in the south of France, different than you might have dinner with your mom next week. You are a slightly different version of yourself. You are still your brand, the thing that all brands care about. We have to have an essence. We have to stand for something. But you show up differently because the relevance of the situation requires that. All these brands, Maha, are scared to show up differently They're scared to deviate from the tagline or the imagery. They sit in boardrooms and debate adjectives and colors for four hours. Meanwhile, nobody cares. We're not even seeing it.
0: What What can brands do to be culturally relevant? Care
1: to be. Elaborate. Care to be culturally relevant. Meaning, and this is important, I think this will make sense. Does one think what we're talking about right now? Does one think what we're talking about right now is important? I'm empathetic that some people don't think knowing what's going on with every consumer at this exact moment and what they think is good, bad, and indifferent is important. I find that ridiculous if you're trying to get someone to do something, but that's fine. But we are not putting enough commitment into listening. For example, I don't know how many people are actually close to the ad agency world, but in my company, in our strategy department, we have hundreds of individuals that have a title called PCS, Post Creative Strategist. Their job, their full-time job, is to read every comment of every single post we put out for the brand to understand what people qualitatively and emotionally think about our post, to read every comment of the direct competitor of the product we're on, and to read every comment of the things that the people in the segmentation that we're going after care about in culture. We believe that is the distinct reason we make better stuff. And so, I'm, I'm not joking, you need to hire people that actually have cultural flavor. Like, there are people that know pop culture and there are people who do not. And for people that know what's happening in the culture, when someone talks that doesn't, you can smell it from a mile away and it smells bad. And so I would, hire, I would hire more people that actually have a pulse, bless you, that actually have a pulse on culture. Like why is that dude wearing a, the same hat that I'm wearing? I would say it's because we're both cool, handsome men. <laughs> right? But more importantly, to not just make that joke, like why is he wearing Siegelman stables? Siegelman Stables as a brand is one of these small emerging brands that has the potential, if everything goes great three, four years from now, to look like a kith, to look like a palace, to look like a rude. But the reality is the amount of humans on earth that know this is actually happening right now is small. It's much bigger than him and I, but it is .0000001% of society. Understanding who the next kith or palace or rude really matters for a lot of businesses. And so those are the things that fascinate me. You talk a lot
0: about authenticity with brands. What is it about finding that authenticity on social that works for some brands and it doesn't for others?
1: 99% of brands are not authentic. We love throwing around, be authentic, and then we're not. We don't say what we really think. We don't talk like we really mean. Everyone's scared and most people aren't creative enough. Don't, and by the way, I'm empathetic to that. Why would somebody lose their job? They have rent to pay. Like, I get it, but like, why do brands struggle? It's because between agencies and brands, it's very hard to actually be authentic because we live in a very, very complex world where everyone's scared of saying one thing that's gonna blow up. And so people are fear-based today because of judgment. We, um, We lack civility in human society today, which is a real issue. And we don't have enough compassion and sympathy for each other, and it's really too bad. And so that translates into our business world. And so what are brands doing? They're posting vanilla, that means nothing, because it's safe, the problem is, it also means we're not buying anything from them because it's vanilla, and it's not interesting.
0: One one of the things you talk a lot lot about, which is what VaynerMedia is kind to set aside, is that all brands are built on social. What do you mean by that? or brand is built on social, sorry.
1: You know, it's almost getting borderline boring for me, Maha. You're like, <laughs> I like it too. I, I, if you told me that 10 years later, I'd still be coming to this beautiful place and trying to have a conversation with people about how much attention sits collectively on global social media, I would have laughed you out of the room 10 years ago. i go, no, no, no. In 2023, every brand would figure this, like this is what I do here in 2013, everyone's gonna do at scale, and yet here we are. Why don't they? Because they suck. (laughs) You know, not really, but yes. Because I think we have decision makers that sit in an ivory tower who are completely tone deaf to the reality of the consumer, predominantly because they don't care and they're trying to milk their exit package, And it's self interest on a human level that continues to make brands do stuff that stinks.
0: But don't you think it's also based in fear? Like people are afraid to invest, people
1: are afraid to post. Yeah, I think there is some level of fear, but most of it is, it's much more fun to make a TV commercial for $4 million for nine months. It's not hard, it's easy. And then you get to go to the shoot and God forbid you put Kevin Hart in the commercial and you get to meet Kevin for five minutes. And that's cool for the brand manager and nobody ever gets fired for doing television. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's corporate nonsense. By the way, this is historic in our industry. When the television was invented, it took a good decade for the OGs to let go of radio. It took a long time. The first thousand TV commercials was a picture with a radio ad being read over the picture. The industry didn't want the new medium. Television was a fad. Just like the internet was a fad. Just like AI is gonna be a fad. Technology, people love to say is gonna be a fad and then it becomes our real life. And so, when I was here 10 years ago, people were like, Twitter won't be here next year. And so, this is the same old game. Um, It's C players doing D work.
0: I want to talk about some of the rising changes and things that you see in the future in the industry and how it's impacting things like streaming services, AI, blockchain. How are these things impacting brands, advertising, and consumer attention?
1: <sighs> so let me, let me paint you a scenario that I think might be interesting for everyone here. For the last 100-plus years, video has been the judge and the jury of our society. That if we saw an assassination on video, it happened. That if we saw a hurricane, like it was the judge and the jury of our society. For everyone who's keeping up with technology at home, we are about to go into an era of deep fake videos. If you don't know what deep fake videos are, I highly recommend you jot this down and go back home and do some homework. It is gonna change our world. Deep fake videos, are videos that are manipulated but they look 100% real and it's, that's the most simple definition I can give you. There will be more videos on me on the internet in 10 years saying things I never said than there are of things that I've actually said and I've put out a lot of video on the internet. This is very important to everyone in this room. You think fake news is scary? Wait till we don't trust a single video in the world. Now, What does this mean? It actually means that this will become the process that gets everyone here to finally understand why the blockchain is very important to all of us. If you forget about the the greed of NFT summer last year, that's not the blockchain. Forget about the speculation of meme coins, that's not the blockchain. The blockchain is decentralized servers that nobody owns, not a company, not a government, that work with each other, in a network, to show truth and providence from when it is stamped. This is important because over the next decade, we are going to be, every person here is gonna go through the journey of being concerned once they understand the profound nature of AI deep fake videos. It's gonna scare you. It's gonna say, what could this lead to? Meanwhile, there is a technology in the world called blockchain that all of us will move to over time to put these original videos and content on to prove truth. Over a hundred year window, 50 year window, 25 year window, we will become accustomed to then use the blockchain in parallel with the internet the same way that if I was here in 1994, I would have been like, the internet's coming and we're gonna buy all our stuff on the computer and everybody would have laughed. I know that because that was the life I lived. In 1995 and six and seven, when I would go to conferences and things as a kid and say that I was building a wine store on the internet, people would laugh at me and look me in the face and say, who's gonna buy wine on the internet? And my answer was, everyone. But I knew that it would take time, right? And so, same with this. But what do I think about the blockchain and AI and VR? Like, this is the next frontier. Humans are very bad at understanding that big technologies will happen in their lifetime that disrupt everything they do. There are people I'm looking at right now who hate AI without ever using it, who hate the blockchain and NFTs without ever using it, and don't realize that they have become the parents that they made fun of 25 years ago for being scared and hating the internet. You've become your parents. And this is important, because it's hard to see on yourself, but if you rewind 20 years ago, of trying to drag your mother or father to get an email address or to get a smartphone instead of having a pager. Everybody right now who's walking around shitting on AI and blockchain has become their parents. And they don't, they don't agree with me because it hurts to hear that you are being ideological and being left behind. But technology doesn't care about my opinion, your opinion, or anything else. This is historically true for the history of time. People demonized the car, people demonized the train, people demonized the tractor. Everyone's like, Gary, AI is gonna kill jobs. I'm like, when the tractor was invented, 80% of the world worked on a farm. It wiped out 80% of the people in the world worked on a farm. Do you know what happened? The tractor allowed us to not still be on farms. And so we are just very good at demonizing technology at coming from a place of complete lack of knowledge and an ideology that we're not even sure of why we have. And I'm just not like that.
0: Wow, okay. So disruption is real and people are scared it's because they dis- don't understand it's, it's it. It's
1: not disruption, it's evolution. My friends, do you understand what your great-great-grandfather would think about you looking at a phone for four hours a day? Flying on a plane? Like this, this, this is. Words matter. We call this disruption. This isn't disruption. It's evolution. It's evolution. And listen, I get and I appreciate that. I listen. I don't listen. I wish nothing changed. I'm killing it. (laughs) If nothing changed, I'd be pumped. Like I'm exhausted out here having to change every hour, but I have no choice. It's the game. And so I'm empathetic that you've worked hard and this thing's going to disrupt you or you're freaking tired. You're like, I just learned this thing and now this thing. Like, I get it. The problem is the world doesn't have feelings for your laziness, complacency, judgment, or fatigue. It just doesn't.
0: Love it. I want to play word association. I'm going to give you a word and just tell me what comes to mind. Twitter. Uh, Effective. Can Lion. Fun. Advertising. Uh,
1: misunderstood. Disruption. Evolution. Collaboration. Uh, opportunity. Influencer. Underpriced and overpriced, depending on how you do it. Awareness. Required if you're going to do anything. Speed. The, usually the point of differentiation of who's going to win. Middle East. Oh, nothing but opportunity. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And that, just for context, <laughs> Maha and I have been talking about the region for so long. It's just... Seven years, to be yeah, exact. <laughs> yeah, in full detail. And yeah. obviously, you're from the region. And, you know, I, I grew up in the wine business, and I was born outside the U.S., so I've, I've always thought very globally. It's kind of like the way I feel about the Middle East right now is, is a lot of fun, because 15 years ago, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to happen. And that's kind of how I feel about Africa now, which is like, oh man, in 15 years, this is going to happen. It's like fun to see how the world does its thing and different regions get their time. But when you think about just the sheer richness of the people, just the talent, forget about anything else. Um, I'm pretty excited about what's happening in the region. Relevance. Relevance is how people decide to buy things. Authenticity. Required, but incredibly hard. Content. The cost of entry if you're gonna sell something. Consumers. The only thing I care about. <laughs> brands. Um, brands is funny, I'm gonna sit on this one. Yep. Brands are the most important thing. Like, your brands are reputation. Your reputation is the single most important thing you have. Brand is everything. The way that the industry is doing brand right now is fundamentally broken. It's completely based on a book written in 1991 called How Brands Grow, which was a book written prior to the internet. (laughs) And yet, in every boardroom of every company here in this lovely week, the residue of that framework shows up every day, which is why companies still want one sentence to represent their brand and a television commercial to start, and then they do matching luggage. It's destroying us. The academia of all these marketing, individuals, the lack of in the trenches, the ideology ivory towers based on academia that everyone's living in in this town is destroying the concept of brand. Everyone here thinks they're fighting for brand, they're destroying brand because they're completely and utterly out of touch with the reality of the consumer.
0: I want you to talk a minute about the creative and media. You often do this when you talk about creative and media. I want you to explain the concept of accountability, yeah. creative
1: and media. Again, not knowing the complete makeup of the audience for all the people. Actually, how many people are in the advertising business or brand business? Raise your hands. So, great. So about half, maybe a little less. So I think you'll you'll appreciate this. Forever, media, ha- where you buy to post the thing and the creative, the thing, we're together in the 30s, in the 40s, in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s, and into the 90s. Then in the mid 90s, we started to separate agencies and some agencies did media and some did creative. And there were some good reasons to do that scale. You wanted to go with a media agency that had a lot of buying power and they could get a good deal on television. Hence where you see where I'm going. That doesn't exist in 2023. You shouldn't be buying television upfront anyway. You should be buying things programmatically and biddable. So what's happened in the last 15, 20 years for the people that are not of the industry, because a media agency, if you're, if you're this water brand, because you have one agency that does the media and one agency that does the creative, inevitably, at the end of the year when everyone's like, it's, it's not working, our marketing is not working. All that happens is this. The media agency blames the creative. The creative agency blames the media buy. And everybody sits around in one big boardroom of political gibberish. And the brands are losing market share. So I've been advocating for us to bring back media and creative under one roof. And we should hold agencies accountable to growing the brands again. And I think it's time for the agencies here to stop ripping off their brands and do that so that we could stop having fake reports. Why is it so difficult? Well, the agencies are making so much money, why would they do that? If you're making so much money and you're not accountable, that sounds like a dream for a lot of people. And so they're not incentivized, Maha, to do that. Holding companies are having record earnings while brands continue to lose market share.
0: You touched on something that is very near and dear to my heart. You talked a lot about reputation and brands, and, and you have built your personal brand by practicing what you just talked about. You put a lot of content out on social. You're building your brand on social. For, for people who are CEOs of companies, have their own side hustles, or have companies, why is working on your personal brand so important?
1: Well, look, it's not for everyone. Like, Look, some people are inherently incredibly private, wildly introverted, feel very self-conscious. Like, I think it's very important to realize there's no such thing in life of you're supposed to. What you're supposed to do is fight over the course of your life to become more and more self-aware and more and more confident so you know yourself and you don't worry about what other people think about you. That's the only thing you should be doing. For the people that, when you go through that journey, you understand, hey, you have something to say and you're willing to do it, the fact that nobody is a gatekeeper. You don't have to get signed by a news outlet. You don't have to get picked to be in a movie. You don't have to have a record label sign you. The fact that we now live in a world where you have complete democratization of distribution is profound. It changed the world. It's, I went from running a wine retail store to making content immediately the second I smelled it out in 2006. I'm like, this is insane. I don't have to be on the Food Network for people to see my opinions on wine. I don't need the wine spectator to write an article about me. I don't need to, I don't need to, I don't need to. That, that blew my mind. I can just go to the world, And now with the way the algorithms work, if you make good content, even more people see it. Just so everybody knows the update of social media. It is no longer about amassing followers and those followers seeing it. It's now about making great content and letting the content get seen by as many people because the algorithms are trying to show people things they want to see because they want to keep them on the platform, which is better than seeing things from people you decided to follow at some point in your life. So, you know, I think for the people here who do feel comfortable with putting out things, Putting out things is gonna lead to happiness, especially if you're authentic about it and you're not putting it out for a different motive. If you're talking about your truth, you will find your people. And your people come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes from different places. It is incredibly, you know, I, how many people here have consumed my content? Raise your hand just for context. I'm very humbled. I think for the people that raised their hand, I think over time, a lot of you realized, yeah, I like business and I like other things and I like the Jets and and wine and all this stuff, but like, I like people and I hate fear. And I've been very, very, very vocal that nice guys finish first. One of the things I most dislike in the world is that we have sayings like nice guys finish last. We are teaching young men to be mean and cutthroat because if they're nice, they'll finish last. Do you know how insane that is? Nice guys and girls finish first. And that is what I'm passionate about putting out. I put it out in different ways, but at the end of the day, if you melt down what I do for a living, it's very simple. Love and hate coexist. Light and dark coexist. But the history of mankind has proven that love and light win in the end every time. We may have a bad window. It might be a year. It might be two decades. It might be seven decades. But in the end, we figure that out. And so if you have passions that you want to share with the world, this platform is profound.
0: I wanted to quickly, and we're going to run out of time here, but talk about influencers, influencer marketing, the trend now of the de-influencer telling you what not to do. What is your opinion on the power of influencers? And are they here to stay? Are they dead? What's your thoughts?
1: They haven't even started because influencer marketing is just mapping real life behavior. People listen to people. It's what we do. Word of mouth in the history of time has always been the biggest way to make something happen. The co You see somebody cool wearing something, like I wanna buy a boss button up right now because my man here is popping that gold black right now. Like I'm literally was sitting here in the middle of my talk. I'm like, I should probably get that. That's how humans work. And so influencers have just started. I, I love when people are like, it's over. They're saying that because they have no idea what they're talking about. People are buying and listening and being affected by other human beings on social networks at a higher level today than any other day in the human race. It will continue to happen, but the reality is there's only so many, attention, so many hours of attention, and if everyone's doing it, well then what's gonna happen is more fragmentation. And that's what we've seen. The old days of everyone gets their 15 minutes of fame, the new world is everyone's famous to 15 people. And obviously some people have more things to say and bring more value and they'll get higher than 15, but the reality is every single person here, and this is actually very, it's funny what I just felt in my stomach, I'm very inspired by what I'm about to say. On some real real for everybody, I almost wonder if we'll get to a time in the world where everyone who's sitting here realizes that they owe it to the world to make some videos about how they see the world because even though I can reach a lot of people, everybody I'm looking at right here can reach someone that I could never reach because they look like them, they grew up like them, they have the same point of view as them. Like I really think if you feel something good in your heart that you have a requirement to put that into the world because one of the things I most struggle with with the world right now is that negativity is loud. Negativity has figured this out. And the problem is the people that are, the reason I produce so much content, if you want the insight, is I believe the happiest people on earth aren't producing content. They're just stepping away and saying, I don't need this crap, I'm good. And I think if you're sitting here today and you've got love in your heart, we need you to make positivity louder. We need to put out good stuff into the world more. And I take on that responsibility and I, I hope to inspire more to do so.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Vaynerchuk.
1: Thank you.